Chinese barbers, even cosmetologists, entrepreneurship and knowledge, bringing all of this. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Chairs. And today we have Khalil Sledge in the house. Welcome, Khalil. Yes, pleasure, pleasure. <laughs> Good. Good to have you here. Thanks for the invite. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What you do? <laughs> what do you do? Wow. So I'm from LA. I call it by way of Chicago and Texas. You know, my dad's from Chi-Town, Chi my mom's from Texas, so I got the in-between, but I was here most of the time. Okay. Uh, been in the barber business, styling 31 years. Wow. Started in the industry in the 90s. Okay. So anybody remember be, uh, Immature, before it would be 2K and Marcus Hughes and all, so I started back then, Chris Stokes and that's kind of where it got started, and you know. So you was yeah, there, barbers. You was. Yeah, that was my first kind of real entertainment celebrity type industry experience back then. So, okay. Okay. So yeah, I was just there, and you know, kind of young. You know, I was still learned, didn't know a lot, mm -hmm. and then kind of got out of it and just stayed cutting hair. Oh, okay. And then. 2000. So you used to travel with them, or you? No, no, I just. I actually started cutting one of his brothers, like Marcus Houston's brother, and then that's how I kind of got in with that. So I never traveled. I didn't start traveling and doing that type of stuff until after, when I got back in the industry in 2010, 11. So you left after the 90s? You kind of left after I the just kind of fell off. Okay. <laughs> didn't really leave, it just happened. Okay. You know. You had, had to reinvent yourself, maybe? <laughs> no, I always cut hair and just, you know, you just go through life and just just kind of fall off. Like, right, right, right. I mean, I got, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, I had an opportunity to do an album cover with them and that's when we had pagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my pager was on the floor on vibrate and I missed the call. Oh, wow. So I missed my opportunity for my first album cover back then. Wow, wow, we but, say you remember it because it was on the pager. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's life. But yeah. you live and learn and you got to keep pushing. And but so, I, over the time, I just cut. Okay. And I just, while I, during that transition, I was like, I want to get back into the industry. Uh -huh. I just spoke it. I didn't really seek it out or anything. And I mean, I, I would say, well, let me rewind. Mm -hmm. So 2000. I got a guy I know who's film director, so he brought me in, working with him. So I did a lot of stuff, independent films. Okay. Okay. So, like Three Six Mafia, and that's like back when they were doing their thing. And right. Right. So I was like in the video, cutting on the video, <laughs> doing the food and all it. kind right. of stuff. You know, right. just just having fun. I was young, so still not that young, but you know. Just, you know, but it, during that process, it was just like, you still, by relationship. Like right. Just this person, that person, you meet these people, find out what's going on, and they refer you, as long as you're good, to keep your skill up. Right, right. So, then, I was like, I want to get back into the industry, and that's when one of my clients mm -hmm. was like, hey, you know, Buster Ryan need a haircut, and I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. Because mm -hmm. I got calls, like, you know, you get calls and they be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so, and then they don't happen. And like, whatever, yeah, yeah. Know? But what really pushed me 
was, I would say, back in 2000, really, like, I would say, yeah, 2000, I had an opportunity. I was working uh -huh. at Sprint. <laughs> and Not cutting hair. I was still cutting. Oh, you still cutting? I was always just cutting. Had I just had jobs, and I, I just, I never stopped cutting. A lot of people would be like, oh, I've been cutting for 30 years, 20 years, but then I stopped for 10 years. Right, I was, right. If it was one, two, <laughs> I mean, I'd be working a job, cutting the bathroom if they needed it, you know, just, <laughs> just keep it, we just, just keep the spring, skill just going. Cut it. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta keep the skill going, man, so. But I had an opportunity to, a guy I know to cut, this is right with Alicia Keys, Right before she won all of the Grammys, they wanted me to cut her manager. Okay. And I was like, man, I don't know. <laughs> like, do I take a chance on my job or do I see if this really happens? Like, and I couldn't get to work because it was the store was small, and I was like, my mom was like, you should have left. I was like, mom. <laughs> but long story short, they called. They was like, hey man, can you come to the hotel? And I was like. I'm at work. Right, right. So after that opportunity, I was like, man, I can't do this. I ended up quitting. I was like, man, I'm just going to hone in. Right, right. So you didn't end up cutting his hair? No. What's crazy is I ended up meeting him years, like maybe a few couple years ago mm. through another client. And I told him <laughs> about the story. He was like, I said, yeah, man. So it's just, you never know. You just got to keep yourself on the up because things you never know will come back around. So. Some of those opportunities could just pass you by before you know it, huh? Yeah, so, but yeah, I got back in the industry in 2010, 11, and it's, you know, and. So how did you start cutting Big Sean's hair? I know you. Uh-oh, here we go with the magical like question Sean. Everybody wanna. Everybody wanna know that. That's the question <laughs> I keep wondering, you know, I don't put out there, but. So. Well, people wanna know. The train. <laughs> So going back to the story, so once I got the phone call from Buster, I thought it was, you know, I was like, yeah, it's all right, whatever. And my boy got us on three-way. Uh -huh. um, my boy Jado, he, he's an artist, and uh, it was Buster. <laughs> and I was he like, okay. He referred you. He was working with him, doing some music. So oh, okay. Jado was an artist, you know, writer, songwriter. Uh huh. So. He um, got us on three-way, and it was him. I was like, okay, it's really him. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and was you a little starstruck? <laughs> not starstruck. It was more like, because that was, I didn't really listen to, even when I was cutting Sean, I didn't even really listen to his music like that. Okay. I just, I knew of him, but I didn't really listen to a lot of rap music. But I mean, I listened to Buster because that was kind of like my era. Right, yeah. So it was like, oh, that's cool. What it is, Yes. So yeah, it was like, it was cool because it was somebody that I had listened to. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh man, but it's crazy because when I cut him, and I tell people this story, so <laughs> I did stand up comedy for a year. And <laughs> that's a whole nother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation, but I used to tell the people this story, and I tried to use it on stage, but it just didn't jump the same. But my clients, when I, when I first cut Buster, I go to the studio, I'm like, man, it's really Buster, that's cool. So I'm cutting him, I put my foot in the haircut. He was like, you know, wanted me to use a straight razor, but I was cool, but I wasn't like how I am now. Confident with it, yeah, because you get level of confidence. So, I cut him, I'm feeling good. 
I turn around to clean him up, he bleeding on this side of his face. Oh. So I was like, oh man. So I go try to get ready to fix it. I turn back around, he bleed on the other side. I was like, oh, no. So I was like, man, this is crazy. So I tell people, I, I had clients falling out the chair. Cause you know, he, so I'm, by this time I didn't, I don't know if you know about MacGyver, but he used to, back in the day, that was a television show. So right. I put some stuff together. He had like the little stuff to stop the bleeding. And he had the little white marks on his face. And <laughs> I was like, man, I, f I felt horrible. <laughs> so he grabbed a mirror, and he was like, yo, son, <laughs> his haircut is banging, but my face is bleeding. What's I was like, oh, so it was, yeah, that was an experience, but <laughs> oh. from that point, he kept, I bet you learned how to use that razor right, I know that. <laughs> I would say a few years in, you know, he, he I tell anybody, he got me on my game. Right. Anybody that know me or they want to say shout out, if you ever see him, tell shout him, out hey, to Buster because he got you on, he, he was, on your shaving with a he straight was like, Yo, razor game. He, he got me right. He made me go back into the lab and get it right. Right, so right. So he caught, I mean, this was, I mean, I've been cutting him maybe like 10 years. Okay. So that didn't stop. The haircut saved me. Right. <laughs> that part was, you know, another a learning thing, but you gotta, you know, and I, and it was funny because the shop I was at wasn't really nobody using it like that. Uh -huh. And I would change the dynamic of the shop and everybody, like they saw me, so they was, you know, I left that impression. But right, right. that situation really made me press and really get, and find out what I did wrong. Because right, right. they teach you that in school, but. Of course. And this is you one of the this, things. This part, you're supposed to hold the razor this way. And it's not it's just that, it's a lot of different and, techniques. Yeah, that, and this definitely. is what Beyond the Comb, I like Rhonda for the opportunity because I'm gonna be able to take my experience with a lot of things and show people the stuff they're not really showing you in school. Right, definitely. So technical. The wise. continued education. The continued, that we need. yeah. And yes. not the YouTube version, but <laughs> the real live hands-on, you know, but experience. Exactly. So Buster been cutting him. He hooked me up with Khaled. I was cutting DJ Khaled for a little while. Um Rick Ross, I cut him once and his people. And then from that point, I met a guy uh, named Pooh Bear. He's a writer. <laughs> Pooh Bear, uh, what a artist. name. Artist, yeah. <laughs> so look him up if you don't know him. I mean, he <laughs> he ripped up both. Yeah, very. <laughs> he, he worked with everybody, including Big Sean. OK. <laughs> so that's how I met Sean. OK. So. And from that situation, you know, it, we went from, you know, that was that was a good three-year run, okay. and that's when I started traveling. And you know, not that I had never traveled, but as an adult, mm -hmm. <laughs> traveling and with the artist, with the artist, and going around. And it didn't happen in the beginning. It was, you know something that an opportunity as his brand grew yeah because i asked okay. him you know he had never he had never done that like taking a barber oh okay so i think i was the first barber uh-huh we say you think <laughs> i think i don't want to put that out there but i think i am the first barber that tra actually tr was his barber that traveled with him Travel, okay because he had barbers around different cities mm. he would he didn't need to take anybody 
So I think I was the first person that got that. So shout out. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was cool. Um, good experience. Learned a lot. Got a chance to learn a lot from it. Industry side, finance, money side, and know your, know your stuff. Right, right, right. If you don't, <laughs> you're going to learn the hard way. So. I learned, so I, that, I learned that with Buster, too, just taking the hits and not knowing. You right, know, right, you gotta right. You got to know the business, know the game, and know understanding that. And like I've always told barbers, know your worth. Yeah. Not, out, not in the industry or not in the industry. Right, right, right. Know your worth as a barber in general. Right, right. You know? And I think when you start to master those skills within yourself, you start to recognize your worth, you know? Because yeah. you start mastering those some. skills and you're like, yeah, some. Yeah, yeah, some some people already have the skills and they don't realize they have them. But so. you can, you know, just sometimes it's an opportunity, you know, that you put yourself in. Like Los, what up, boy? <laughs> he, uh, we used to work together, and um, he um, he left the shop we was at and was able to go to another shop that was charging more money. Right, that was so, legend. Yeah, so he yeah. was able to transition from. You know, and that's how a situation, you can come out of school and go to a shop that's charging 60 or 50 or whatever, or you can go to a shop that's charging 15. Right, right, you know, right. So that's things that you got to look into in regards to that. But in between there, you still, once you start to, to evolve, you need to know your worth and know your skills. So you can, if you get in these situations, entertainment or with, with a artist or whatever, mm -hmm. you can, you know, put yourself at a standard as far as pricing. That's what I would say. So people like that, do you usually charge them more or do you charge them what Armani would come in and pay? Do you charge, I mean, do you usually some, charge them more? Well, a lot of times because it's a, it's a different level, I mean, you, you can charge more sometimes. I mean, it's just an individual thing, but it's, everybody's different. I mean, I've, I know I've seen basketball players come in the shop and drop two or three hundred. Or they could be like, here, I'll drop 40. Right, you know? right. So it's just. So you don't put a every, price on it or? Every, well, I mean, it depends on your situation. But generally on the entertainment side, because they know that the standards are higher, it's just, autom it's like automatic. It's not <laughs> that you have to or don't have to. It's just part of the protocol. It's just what it is. It's not, you come into that and they know. Oh, OK. Because the standard, the standard has already been set. Now, is, is it more of a, a fair or unfair thing? I mean, I, I haven't investigated that. <laughs> so to some people, it might say, oh, well, that's not fair. Why? And you might have some people that say, I'm not going I'm just trying whatever. But right. if the standard is already set, that's like saying, I'm going to go to this shop that charged 50, but I'm just going to still try what I was charging over here because, right. you know, because that's my mentality <laughs> or the way I think. So yeah. if it's something that's already set, then you know you just go with it. Okay. Now how you handle it is because there are levels in that as well. You got some people that deal with celebrities and they might charge five hundred. Uh huh. Some might charge two fifty, one fifty. Some people just might do seventy five. You know, it just depends on the individual. Okay. But I tell people. Barbers, you know, barbers don't really have an understanding like a lot of times with the business because they allow the people to control your destiny or your future or your business. Because mm. in 1955, haircuts was $2. Right. So <laughs> if you do the math, come on, like, how you get mad if somebody tell you it's more than 25 Right. 
or it's more than 40. I came in the business where everything was a service. The mustache was a price, the beard was a price, yeah, yeah, the so haircut was a price, the after, you know, everything cost. Now it was like somehow it came to this a la carte, I mean this, this combo deal when it was never like that. Right, when the haircut, the haircut and the shave is supposed yeah, to all so go all together. The razor is a separate price and some people still do that. But right. you know, you gotta understand like you yourself you are self sufficient. So I ask people all the time, you got a job, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you get two 15-minute breaks and a lunch. So I can't take a lunch. <laughs> you get a raise every so often, or you leave right. a job and go to another job because you want more money. So who's going to give me a raise? Right. But okay. me. Yeah. That's for sure. Isn't, you know, and they say, oh, man, I'll, I'll, be bringing, you know, I'll be bringing you clients. Dude, you ain't on the corner with a sign. Like right. tax, Liberty tax. <laughs> Flipping signs like, Marketing hey, go see mind. my boy. Right, no, right, you right. get a haircut, I give you a service. People like your work. I mean, well, like the haircut and, you know, you That's what brings you your business. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't, if I raise my prices, I've been coming to you for years. I get that. And right. some people you're going to work with. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? In certain situations, but overall, you have to set a standard to say, hey, you know what, at a certain point, I'm this year or every so often, I'm a, a dollar, two dollars, you know, mm-hmm. something, you know? Definitely. You, you, gotta, you gotta do it for yourself, because if you don't, you're just gonna be stuck. Right. So I know you didn't want to talk about the coronavirus. <laughs> I know you didn't. The pandemic. And I know you're <laughs> tired of hearing about the coronavirus. The but it's here. <laughs> Yeah. It's here, ain't go, it ain't going nowhere. Oh, but might. with the spin that I wanted to talk about <laughs> about the coronavirus was Nancy Pelosi. What do you think? Did you think anything with her going into the salon, even though we already know the governor straight up said everything is closed? No. And she went into the salon and she got her hair done she says she was set up. Which one? Is this the. This is Nancy Pelosi, the Secretary of, of State. So we got the President, the Vice President, okay, then went, we got the Secretary, third in charge. If Donald dies, then Pence. If Pence dies, well, I, it's I, Nancy. I, 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 I might have missed that story, so maybe you can refresh me on what happened. Okay, so Nancy was caught. Somebody filmed her. Mind you, she got Secret Service. So anytime they come into a place, they already yeah. debugged everything. But she says she was set up and somebody filmed her getting her hair done, getting the whole shampoo, the color, everything okay. in the salon while everything is supposed to be shut down. Okay. Third in charge. Okay. What do you think? What did it, what, how does that make you feel when you know that other people have literally shut down their shops, they're not able to work? Actually, some of them are probably going through financial strain, but yet you got her just exercising her power saying, I'm going to go in here and get this done anyway. Well, I mean, she's not the only person exercising her power. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come not- on now. I mean, everybody mad at Trump. Like, why are you mad at Trump? Trump worked for somebody just like we do. Right, right, he ain't right. The, he ain't, I mean, 
see, that's what you gonna get me started on this. They gonna come looking for me. <laughs> But, we just I mean, having conversation. They ain't coming looking for you. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, everybody got it. Everybody got an agenda. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got a plan. They doing what they do. So if somebody want to film and say, oh, was she, I mean, was she in there with a thousand people? I mean, what What was going on? I mean, well, well let's talk about. Well, you really see I mean, nobody in there. No, she was, she was social distance. She was. Yeah, so, I mean, what's the difference with Wuhan, China having a big pool party where that's allegedly where it all got cracking? They just had a whole <laughs> concert, a festival. You worried about one person getting their hair done? Like, what about the, you know, even the lady, the, the mother and daughter that got all those fines because they was going from Airbnbs or, I mean, they was still Having trying party. to work. Yeah. No, they was working. Oh, they were It was working. a mom and, I don't know if you read it, so they, they gave it, they called it the Underground Barber. And I don't know if you've seen that article. There's an article in the newspaper. It was called the Underground Barbering, and it was a whole story about. It was like a mom and a daughter. They. Um, they got caught up. They got fined. They got shut down. You know, had to go to court because mm -hmm. they were still working. They was actually, I think it was them, and there was some other people that were going like different Airbnbs. So they were. So they're like so because their salons weren't open, they would literally go rent out these Airbnbs. Yeah, they, and I cut mean, hair. people always had to do what they had to do. I right, mean, right, right. I mean, I started off being mobile mm -hmm. in the beginning, just even before I got in the shop. So you're saying that it's, it's a survival of the fittest thing? Yeah, I mean... She's just trying to, to survive. But I mean, as far as they hear, I mean, some people can go and be like, oh, I'm going to just hold, gut it out. And some people was like, no, nah, I want to get it done. Like, right, right, right. And I mean... she got a certain image that she got to... But going back to your the, the, the lady, mm -hmm. she probably just wanted her hair done. Who, who knows how long it had been? I mean... I mean, yeah, as you can see, she had a lot of new growth there. I mean, <laughs> she at, had a lot of new growth. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, I mean, they they like, well, you got the virus is killing people. What about the people that have been dying from secondhand smoke and cigarette smoke and cancer and all this other right, stuff? Right, right, right. You know, they told it. I mean, what about the what was the Ebola and what about the what was the the SARS anthrax in the yeah yeah? The, you know, the, don't the, don't get your mail. Right. What happened to that? Right, right, right. What happened to just regular being sick? Like, why is everything COVID? Like, right, yeah. Like, the numbers ain't even right. The numbers, like, black people ain't been believing the government for years. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, they show, they flex their muscle and be like, oh, you got to believe that it's the virus. And people's on the news and just like, oh, my God, like, it's the control. They control you. Right. So you wear the mask. Stay away from your family, your friends. <laughs> don't hug nobody. Like. Like, really? So if something happened, and I can't, you know, then you got the people like, oh, you one of those. No, you one of those. Right, right, right back at you. How about you, you know, <laughs> or you, you know, you, you got to touch and such. And I said, yeah, people been dying, though. Right. For years. This ain't like something new. People been dying. Ain't it? So they you just, feeling like people not seeing the big picture of life, period? No. Like, when Donald Trump came into office and people were so irritated, I said, that was just a it's, a, it's an agenda. And I said, that's just a distraction. Right. For whatever they got going on, I don't know. But I'm not mad at Trump. Like, he just a man got a job. Right, they right, brought, right. They, I mean, Hillary should have won if you want to be technical. But he didn't. <laughs> they, they brought him in. They, well, I think, for me, Trump has really uh, pulled the wool off of a lot of this stuff. Because 
at first, I guess people was kind of thinking that for some reason that racism didn't exist anymore. I don't know why they was thinking that, but they was kind of thinking that because the way that they're acting like, oh, he's bringing this out in people. I feel like it was already I mean, it was there. there. How could you bring just, something out that wasn't there I mean, already? just like the killing been there. Right. I mean, if you really want to go deep, black people used to enslave their own people. Way before any, like, they was, we was enslaving our own people. Right. Mm -hmm. But people don't look at that. They don't know. They're not going to tell you that because they want to keep everything going. Like, no, we used to enslave our own people, you know, killing our own people. But I think it was just, it was about, when you talk about slavery, you're talking about just working, basically. Somebody was working for yeah. you. I mean, it's still a slavery. I mean. <laughs> but it, the way that America has done slavery is, I mean, is, is more of an oppression of a certain it's always been like that. It's always people. been oppression. It's always been a lower grade. It's always been a push, a push down of a people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really get too caught up in that aspect of the color. I mean, because at the end of the day, a lot of this, it, I ain't gonna say a lot of, it all starts from the beginning. It starts from birth. It starts from home. It mm -hmm. starts from how you were brought up, how you raised. If you got a daddy, if you don't got a daddy. Right, right, right. With the, in all. Right, right. So a lot of stuff you're dealing with is, I mean, with people that Learn didn't have behavior. both their parents. Right. Or the daddy wasn't there, or he was there, but he wasn't really there, or whatever the situation was. It was, so Learn I mean, behavior. it all, yeah, like <laughs> kids don't know color. Right, right, right. You know, but I mean, it is a lot of stuff that's, that needs to be changed in regards to how things are viewed because if I was, if that, if I was that 17 year old kid with a with a rifle mm -hmm. walking down the street, I would have been dead. Right, right. So, but you know, or a lot of these other incidents where people of other color are getting passes to be able to do stuff, but right. I don't get caught up in that because a lot of things that they show us, we don't really know the whole story. Right. So. Right. Somebody and the media gotta make me, their money. Yes, yeah, they. Somebody <laughs> asked me like about the guy that got shot in the back. Right. And I was like, I was like, well, why would you put yourself in that situation? Right. Well, he didn't have to shoot him that many times. No, I'm not saying he had to shoot him. Right. But why would you put yourself in that situation for anything to happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I mean, I don't care about what he was doing, where he was going. Like, if you on the, if you on this, this side of the car and you got guns pointed at you, <laughs> why are you gonna keep moving when they telling you to stop? Right, right, right. Just stop. Right. Well, they, they, that's wrong, they had to shoot him, we just tired. <laughs> if you well, got any sense and you get pulled over, just, just cooperate, come right, on. Right, right, right. Keep right. it simple. It ain't hard. It, it, ain't, it ain't hard. hard. It but you're pulling hard. out your phones and you- But it's still, it's still, <laughs> I must say, you gotta know that within that, that it's still some hate within those people that have those jobs, and they do abuse. But their it started. Power. It started from. It was. They put in do them. abuse their power. It, it, it was that a lot of it was put in them. They didn't just get born and was like I'm. About but they to don't hate. get a pass for it though. No, I'm definitely. I'm they not. I'm not justifying any actions as far as racism or, you know, wrongdoing, unnecessary killing. I'm not justifying none of that. Right, I right, think it's, right. you, you know, if you got a job to protect and serve, you should handle it. Exactly. But also at the same time, we have a responsibility too to handle ourselves. Right. 
you know, as a people. That's true. So, you know, I mean, if you want to protest peacefully, you know, if that's what you want to do, mm -hmm. that's fine. What about if you don't want to protest peacefully? Then? What if you want to get them back? Who are you getting back? <laughs> the system. How are, you, how are you getting the system back? How are you getting them back? Well, yeah, I mean, you taking stuff that you might not have been privy to having the abilities to afford it. But, I mean, is that really getting them back? Or is that just like satisfying your, your mind oh, just to, to, think, to, think, to think that you're getting somebody back? Well, I mean, like they say, I mean, that just, was the same thing that happened in Africa. They, they came and they stripped everything from Africa. Looted it, basically. Still looting it. The diamond mines, all that stuff is still being looted to this day. But I feel like we didn't, we have just been smoothed into being okay with certain mentality when it's it's not cool, especially no, being American citizens. It's not, but I mean, if we if we ever really get to an understanding of who we are and what what our abilities are and what we can do, mm -hmm. instead of thinking that. If we work together and you get two feet ahead of me now, I got to get mad because you're two feet ahead of me. Right, yeah. As opposed to allowing you to say, oh, here, let me help you, bring help you come up with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the sad part with us is that a lot of us, we can't work together. Mm -hmm. We can, but a lot of us can't because the mindset. Right. And it's like we think that one person is getting more than somebody else or, you know, we think that the situation ain't fair. The own that still owns it. Why they why they don't want to own it no more? Right, right. That's that's the question. But if he don't want to own it, he don't want that responsibility. That's what do, why are we fighting for it? To say that that's our mall. Right. Like, I, I think I mean, because it's, it's something in our community, and it just seems that anything of value that we have in our community is usually like stripped away. You know, it, it, and and, it, and it's true, but I mean, a bring, lot of times, go ahead, I'm sorry. Those are the things that bring value to communities. Yeah. It's big malls like that, places but I, that people can go and. But they, when, a lot of times I think it's, we, and it's, it's, it's not all of our fault. I mean, it's just, sometimes it's just how, this, how we were raised and how we were brought up in the, our, you know, our environments. Mm -hmm. We're not able to, we want to say we want to keep something, but then when it's looked, when it's viewed, it's viewed in a, oh, that's, you know, that's that mall. Unvaluable way. You know, and then <laughs> when you go in there, it's like nothing valuable. You know right. what I'm saying? And, and I understand, like, we want to keep something, and there's nothing wrong with that, but they've never let us keep anything. And then if we do, what it look like? You right. Know what I'm saying? What it, it doesn't look like these other situations mm -hmm. or these other communities that that are, are here. You know, we you know they we don't keep the same persona right. that a lot of these other areas keep as far as the presentation and just allowing it to st and we don't stay together like that to keep it strong. I we, think it's 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 a, it's a systematic thing. Yeah, but, it definitely, it's definitely systematic. But. Uh,
Yeah, I think it's got a lot to do with it's sad. the system of things, the way that they're set up, the way that people have certain privileges that other people might not have those same privileges. Oh so. yeah, for sure, most definitely. You know, that's a hundred percent. So, do you believe that having licensure is important? Like having that piece of paper, that one that you got to have posted when most, you working. Do you think that's important? Most definitely. I mean, it's not just important, it's, it's legal. Uh, <laughs> it's illegal if you don't. Right, right, right. But it's definitely important. Um, I mean, I didn't, I played around for some years, I mean, under an apprenticeship. Uh -huh. And finally, you know, the school, after three, four, I say re really from like 94 to like, 2004, 2005, mm. yeah, I was, I was playing around. But I'm not really literally playing around, but under apprenticeship, you have to stay under that license, Ooh, that shop. Right. And, you know, I was like, if I didn't like something, I leave, and then I just go, and then I start over, and, you know, just till finally the school was like, look, this is your last opportunity. Right. If you don't get your license now, then we're not going to allow you to go through the program. So. On that last time, I was like, let me just go in and be serious and do whatever I got to do. So do you, do you, I mean, because, and I'm going to start asking y'all this question, along with do you believe licensure is important, do you understand that having that license, do you understand that having that license is only following the law? That that license or the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology that the fees that are used for that license, the fees that are used for enforcement, everything that has to do with that license does not help the licensee. Yeah. You understand that? That it doesn't help them. It doesn't help you. So your fees to, that you're paying, it doesn't go back to you in any kind of way. Oh yeah, I it mean, goes I know just that. Enforcing the I mean, law. Even the, upon even the you. fines that they give you don't go back to you. Right. So I mean, is it? Is it important in a sense of, should I have it so I, I can get some benefits off of it? Or, I mean, it's just part of the law, like having any other license. Right, right, right. So, so I mean, if it's gonna help me, I mean, the helping me is me helping me. <laughs> okay. So I get this, whether you get a doctorate, whether you get a, whether a MD or driver, whatever it is that you need, license-wise to be able to do what you got to do. Right, right. So, so it's more of education as opposed to the actual license. Now, if you want to say, like, does it really help you further? I mean, yeah, education-wise, yeah. But do we utilize what we learn? No, we don't. You get a, most barbers get a license, they go cut hair. Right. Then they complain, like, it's slow, I don't got no customers, whatever. But you ain't never advertising. The, face, the rest facials, the scalp manipulations, the color, the tint to light, the bleach, the permanent wave, any other stuff that we learn. Yes. That, <laughs> that they teach stuff. you. Right, right, right. You don't learn that. So most people, so, so what I'm hearing is that most people are really getting this licensure with the, which the licensure is to do chemicals, to do your hair tints, to do your PD test, to, do, to use the razor for those particular things. But it seems like most people are really wanting to get into just cutting hair. 
Yeah, or and just be able to work. Yeah, they know they need that. Yeah, but you don't need that. Don't need what? If you're not using any chemicals, if you're just a natural hairstylist, you don't need a cosmetology license for that. No, if you're just natural and you're just doing, but we talking about now, we're not talking about braiding or anything else or doing dreads or none of that. If we're talking about now, you're talking about you're using talking about a using tool. A razor, a clip, or anything, because uh -huh. you cut somebody, you need to know how to treat that. Right. So infection control. You so need you need to know that. all of that. So you do need it in that sense, because if you don't know how to stop the blood or how to do anything to, you know, to fix that issue, now you could be put yourself in a deeper situation. Right. 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 <laughs> that you don't want to be. In. Exactly. And because we know we deal with blood-borne pathogens and stuff that. You know, if we come in contact with, we can catch something from that person as well. We know that when we're dealing with that, we have to be able to yeah. handle and that situation. Yeah, just being able to educate your clients and just, you know, I, I, I heard a, a, a man at, he was 80, and he said, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. That changed my whole thought process from that point, because you, you, you can never stop learning. Right. Me even being in the business as long as I have, I'm still learning. Right. I can still figure out how to be better and different techniques and different things I can use because why not? Right, right. And why then life stagnant? is about learning. Yeah, it's life. Right, right. Stay stagnant. That's why you're sitting in the same situation because you don't want to grow. Exactly. So lastly, Khalil, can you give us your social media contacts and if somebody wants to come and get their hair cut, where they can hit you up to find that information out? Um, get the haircut. That's or <laughs> yeah, just your social um, media. But yeah, my social media is at K N Sledge Seven. That's Instagram. Um, I don't really use Twitter that much, uh, <laughs> but at K N Sledge Seven. That's pretty much where you can find me. Um, you still mobile? Uh, yeah, I'm still mobile. So they can DM uh, you for if they want to get their hair cut. Am I, do I really take clients new? Not really. No new clients? <laughs> but, okay. I mean, it depends on the situation. Right. But um, Hair Architects, Crenshaw Mall, you might be able to catch me there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a shop, you know. Not open yet, but hopefully. They say it soon, but we'll see. Right, but right. yeah, just catch me on my Instagram. Okay, cool. Well, thanks so much for your interview. I appreciate talking to you. Oh, all good. Thanks for pulling all my information, all my secrets out. <laughs> I was trying. Even cosmetologists, entrepreneurship, and knowledge, bringing all of this. Hey, we gonna take it beyond the chair.